This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. Yo, welcome back to another episode of Living Lean. Today, I'm joined by my man, Paul Klingen. Paul, thanks for being here, dude. Jeremiah, thanks for having me on, man. Good to see you. Of course, dude. Always a pleasure. So, for people who might not know, in a nutshell, who is Paul? Tell us what you're about. Yeah, for sure. So, my name is Paul Klingen, founder of Down Dog Athletics. And I grew up being an athlete my whole life. Three-sport athlete, baseball, basketball, football, strong go routes in the street and in college I got a scholarship to play catcher at Washington State University so I played baseball there in the Pac-10 at the time date myself a little bit I just turned 29 so anyone who's like oh it's the Pac-12 I, I, I always used to laugh at people who would say like oh I date myself I'm getting older and now I'm like oh shit I'm now like getting to that point where I start <laughs> oh, to dude, do that stuff now I did the same thing on Claire's podcast yesterday I was talking about like trying to learn fitness stuff before Instagram. And I was like, damn, I sound so old right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so it's so funny. Um, but that's like an accelerated version of my background in sport and training and where everything kind of turned is two years into that I quit and it wasn't because I wasn't good or couldn't play. It was just, I had this mindset of like, Oh man, I just want to play video games. I want to party. I want the college experience. I want to chase girls and the 6am stuff. It's just, it's just not worth it. Like I hit kind of like my ceiling and like fast forward 10 years, I was by no means hitting my ceiling. I just didn't have a concept of what work ethic was and didn't have an awareness of just how lucky I was. And it, there's so many things in people's childhood where they get grooved into thinking a certain way, really right. impressionable at that age. And for me, it was, you're so talented, you don't need to do X. So I would be so talented, I wouldn't need to shoot baskets for an extra hour. I was so talented, I wouldn't need to hit for an extra hour. I was so naturally strong that I didn't need to lift weights. So get week one in the training room, and I'm literally throwing up, trying to get 65 <laughs> pounds up in a power clean. And they're like, you have the slowest twitch muscles I've ever seen. Like, for me, to, for my muscles to get moving back then, and still to some degree now, it's like, you ever see those long, uh, or those big trains where the, the the engine starts moving, it's like right. and it gets like one full revolution, right. and the trains move like two inches. That's me. The first four inches of a power plane. Okay. So I, I generally avoid those because there's not a lot of fast fast twitch muscle fibers going. But um, so yeah, like I have this this concept of like, oh, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. I hit my ceiling, and that was a mindset that I just took with me for a really long time, and get you out of college and you get jobs and I have this same kind of principle of like oh I just want to like play video games I want to not really take anything serious and not really work hard and that got me by throughout my childhood and it was a reason why I didn't continue to work in college and fast forward maybe oh boy what 25 26 27 like I'm still in this rut have a good job i'd moved down to portland working at an ad agency widening kenny that did all of nike's ads so all the kobe bryant stuff that you've been seeing recently like they've worked on nike since the beginning the founder coined just do it so 
I like I knew a lot of people who worked on those commercials and uh, there's a really good spot to be working. But at the same time, like, I was struggling. It was just kind of in this what I call the funk. And it's what well, now I realize is like the delta between what you know you're capable of and what you're actually doing. And anyone who's an athlete or competitive knows when they're putting in their full effort. You may not be getting the results that they want, but you're able to live with yourself when you are feeling confident that you're doing the work necessary to be successful. The best analogy I can come up with is I would rather be hitting line drives to the center field or putting good swings on baseballs and not getting hit than getting little bump singles and being successful accidentally or by chance or something that's not sustainable. I love it. You are the master of analogies. I just have to throw that out there also. (laughs) Master of analogies. So, I mean, anyone who's, who's, who's maybe wanting to lose weight or get stronger, it's like you can lose 20 pounds by just cutting out food for a week. But that's right. not sustainable. That's not what you want to do. Versus maybe you're not seeing the scale move or you're not seeing the gains on maybe your big compound lifts. But you know you're eating right. You know you're sleeping right. You know that you're training right. It's just a matter of time. Right. Right. That, that dam is going to break. So anyway, coming back to what I was talking about with this mindset where I'm like just not happy. And it's because I didn't want to put in the work necessary. So you can look at it in kind of the four pillars of mind, relationship, body and and career which is what a lot of coaches will teach and when i just looked at my body i was going to the gym every day but i was also drinking and not watching what i was eating so i had this layer of probably 10 15 pounds of fat covering what was like a lot of natural muscle but also a lot of hard earned muscle my mind just I, i always think of mental health as like is it a healthy thought process the same way as someone has a healthy movement pattern thought patterns movement patterns really are the same way so i had a lot of negative movement or letting a lot of negative thoughts or my mental health I was like in the car like after work or after working out and just be like mentally like yelling in my head sometimes like almost on the verge of tears right and in relationships like i had just gotten out of a relationship when i was down in portland and man i couldn't go on enough bumble dates like i was going broke just spending 50 dollars <laughs> a night on people that i had no intention of seeing for more than two or three weeks right. but the, i didn't want to put in the work but i also wasn't I wasn't putting in the work necessary to attract someone that I thought I was deserving. I think that's a big thing that happens in a lot of areas is people think that they deserve X, but when they reflect, they don't get to, they don't realize that, Oh wow. Like I'm not doing what I need to do to attract X. I'm not putting in the work to attract a lean body. I'm not doing what I need to do to attract someone that I would be attracted to. I'm not putting in the work to be an attractive employee. So then I look at my job too. And, they're like, hey, man, like you got to pick things up like you're getting by, but you're by no means progressing the way you should. And I just like, I was like man, this all sucks. So anyway, <laughs> so kind of Portland, like a victim mindset, victim mindset, but just not even not even realizing that it was all my fault. Right. So I guess, yeah, 100 percent a victim mindset, but I didn't it's not like I was blaming other people. OK, just, I was like confused as to why. I wasn't as great as I was. Right. <laughs> I wasn't oh, that makes sense. But my entire life was based off of you're so talented. You don't need to work hard. You're, you know, the homecoming king. You don't even need to like go chase girls. They come to you. Like right. that's not a good way to ever think about anything. Right. So that would, yeah. that would be stuff that I would latch onto at a young age. Okay. Um, so then I start like a guy who played baseball in college and he took me to yoga class. And this was by no means even what I would, Consider yoga, it was basically a, a yoga sculpt class. They put you on a yoga mat, crank it up to 150 degrees, give you weights, and like 
I always like to say, like, <laughs> you, give, you give you give a, you give a monkey a pen and paper, and they can create a workout that would crush you. So by no means that just because a workout is hard is an indicator of like a good coach or a good trainer. Right. Like do do a hundred burpees, you'll be you'll be tired. Right. That takes no no programming or no intelligence. <laughs> um, but anyway, I took so I took the sculpt class forty minutes in. I'm like gas. I'm like all right. I'm either gonna walk out of here and shame my family for the next seven generations. <laughs> die on the mat and shame myself so i just laid there on the mat like Bleh. and I, I went in super confident i was like there's no way i don't smash this like i lunge with 45 like i bench press like i got this and you know there's so many different ways to train you put one of the best strength athletes on a pilates machine they're going to struggle that's just not how they train whereas you put like an endurance athlete in the gym they're going to be like wait, I got to, I got to bench press the bar. It's like, yeah, it's not that hard, but it's all, it's all just different training. Um, but anyway, so I was like, all right, I'm going to conquer this. I'm going to figure this, this yoga shit out. And when I moved up to Seattle, got a job at Amazon. One, it was like a breath fresh air. I was like, all right, I'm back home with my family. I grew up in Seattle. I got this job that is super secure, super stable. And I'm going to start going to yoga. So I started going to, I would train in the mornings or do yoga in the morning. I would just flip. I would do train twice a day. I'd go to a yoga class. And I'd go to the gym, go to yoga class, go to the gym, go to yoga class, go to the gym. I do that a ton. And I really got really big into handstands. I got really big into uh, doing yoga. But what I didn't realize, and this is what I talk about so much now with my message and my brand and business is like, if you're going to yoga to get stronger, like that's like taking the train to travel to Florida from, from Phoenix <laughs> or wherever you're at. Like there's much more efficient ways to do that. Right. You're going to yoga to lose weight. You know, you're taking the ship to Hawaii rather than flying. Like you've got, there's much right. more efficient ways to lose weight, right? There's so many more efficient ways to do things from a physical standpoint. There are, there are physical benefits, but the real benefits is just the awareness. It's getting in the mental space. It's getting relaxed. It's being able to use your prefrontal cortex and think and respond to something rather than react. And I'll tell you, if you're, if you're not liking how you feel, and not liking how you look and you go sit in front of a mirror with your shirt off for 60 minutes, like you're going to do some evaluation of like, probably shouldn't be drinking as much as I am. I probably should be, you know, making better or different decisions if I am not happy with who I look at in the mirror. Uh, so that was like what was really happening. And so I started doing the yoga and training and I started to see like my body change. I gave up drinking for a couple months and I started working with a coach that really was like a life coach and he just was like hey man like journaling meditation again all these things that i thought were like woo woo for girls like journaling like that's just a, a, <laughs> was it cody that told you to do that man was what no was, it was a different guy um, okay but it, um, said the same thing was, yeah i mean it's, it's a lot of the same things but it's just it's worded in a different way but it's right. also just so incredibly powerful and luckily i had more of a belief in the mental component because we had a mental coach in college and at the time again i was like yeah i don't need to do this like i can just show up and be fine but so you you understand that all right if i'm meditating i'm being reflective i'm visualizing i'm focusing on my breath like i'm being present like just about any mental coach is going to teach a lot of the same principles they're just going to have different systems different names for it right right there's many principles with you you hear that all the time so I started journaling, I started meditating, I'm doing yoga, I'm working out, I'm really like shutting out a lot of people that weren't helping to elevate me, just listening to podcasts, reading. I was like, I kind of want to get a personal training certification. 
so that, you know, I can be doing that and then I'll do a yoga teacher training and then I can make some side money. My whole goal was to be able to make uh, $2,000. I was like, I would be as mind blown. I could have made $2,000 on the side of my job at Amazon training. That would be great. And so get my certification and I do the yoga teacher training and I create this business down dog athletics. I'm like, all right, sit, let's go. We're going to go do this. And the thought was like, let's make yoga more accessible to athletes. And I started training some of the people that would see me at yoga and he would tell a bunch of his friends. And then all, all, all of a sudden, January 5th, I get my personal training cert. March 1st, I have my official LLC. And June 30th, I'm training like 30 hours a week right. while Damn. also working at Amazon. So Damn. in six months, that like focus and that mental visualization and reflective and every day saying, I am this, I am this, I am this, I am this. Like it was some deep, serious, deep spiritual work on like negative thought processes that I had. And, you know, really what I would call like a, a layer of mental health. And so, you know, the one thing I will say about that is that stuff does not just stay there. Same thing with your fitness. Like it is like the floor. You got to sweep it every single day. Oh yeah. So that's one thing I've learned over the last couple of years is just because you have a good three months of meditating every single day and journaling and being super, you know, doing that, doing that self work doesn't mean that it's just there. You got to work on it every single day. But anyway, so come June, I'm like, I got to make a decision. And August 1st, 2018 i was like all right done left my job at amazon and i remember looking at the rfus which is a short term for uh restricted stock units so that was like how many hundred thousands of dollars i was giving up by not just staying there and like that's that's what's so attractive about working at amazon or these big companies if you can stay there for a certain amount of years and your stock best like you have a house right that's why it's so hard for people to leave but i was just like i am more convinced that I can create that doing something that I love than I am staying here for four years doing something that is, is not making me happy. And at the time I was still in advertising, uh, I was supporting like the ad sales. So by no means, like, here's the thing too, is people always kind of want to glorify like the quitting your job and leaving like middle fingers up, throwing the, throwing your computer and being like, you guys are all losers. For some people, like that's exactly where they need to be. And most people don't have the awareness to know what it is that they want. And that's why I'm such a big proponent of yoga and meditation and being super introspective and reflective. Because once you know what you want, then you can feel good about giving up hundreds of thousands of dollars. Or you can feel good about leaving that person that you're with or leaving that job or leaving whatever it is that you thought you wanted because you were just taking on what the social norms are saying that you need to do or what your family is saying you need to do or you want acceptance. And I always say like the more self-aware you are, the more secure you are. Because when you're self-aware, you're rooted in who you are like a tree. And that tree is going to blow over if you don't have the the self-awareness and the the security to know what it is that makes you you and what makes you happy. But if you're super rooted in that, man, like that hurricane can come and you can be like, I'm I'm good giving that up because I know that this is what makes me happy. And so that's really what happened at the time. People are always like, oh, would you ever go back to Amazon or do you miss it or do you think you think I'll be honest like I do think every single day how nice it would be to be on that track of like sweet stay here another six months get some more stock I stay security. here another six months I get some more stock like that's security but then you just stop for a second you're like would you be happy no 
or doing what it is that you know you're supposed to do. And then it's like, shit, I just talk myself out of it. I think that's a good spot to get anyone in that's trying to change their fitness from, from a, a mental standpoint too, because so many people are in this situation where they don't like what they, the situation that they're in. And as soon as you can make them realize, I have no other choice but to continue going, even though it sucks. I try and share a lot about my, my mindset and what the thoughts that I'm having over the last two years, almost it's more like a month and a half or a year and a half of this journey, because starting a business and having to grind and have some, some days, some weeks, like no growth at all is the exact same, just with a different skin of trying to lose weight or of trying to get stronger. So like, I always tell my clients, like, I can 100% relate to you not seeing any results two weeks from now. Right. But like, what other choice do you have? Are you going to go back to being really fat and being in a lot of pain and having zero confidence? You know that you don't want that. So you right. have no other choice but to keep moving forward. And like once that clicks in people's minds, it's game over. They're just going to continue oh, yeah. to grow. Oh, yeah. Because the more awareness you can get of what you're capable of, the more awareness you can get of what it is that you want. And what it is that you don't want? It's. Do you ever play a uh, Mario Party? Yes. Okay, so you know the, the there's a game in it where you got to keep the bike going in the light, and you got the um, the what is it? The, the little <laughs> ghost that's like chasing you. Do you remember that yeah, one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's like you have to keep going on that bike, otherwise that ghost is going to get you, and that ghost <laughs> is like where you used to be. Every time I every time I think about it, like that's what I think of. So, I have never explained it like that, but yeah, I love it. Dude, that ghost is coming to get you, man. You just got to keep pedaling. You have no choice but to keep pedaling. And <laughs> it's like it's like it's like this furnace that like gets a little bit hotter the more you kind of like sit and don't do anything. Right. One hundred percent. But so then you get to this point where you know I'm I'm training what 30, 35 hours a week. Definitely not sustainable. At least at least for me, like I was just burning out. You go four hours in the morning, work on stuff, come back four hours in the evening, some days. Right. And, you know, personal training is great. And you get, there's elements of it that I'll always want to have in my coaching and that face-to-face interaction and getting to know some people, but you can't scale it. You can't, um, you know, physically have the energy that you need for other people if you're doing right. that as much as you are. So started to pull back and, you know, it's really kind of like where I'm at right now is, is figuring out how I can fuse the the mental side and the yoga side. And like I've always taught yoga classes, I've done private and, you know, I'll layer that on to like a 15 minute session after, but it's always very parasympathetic. It's always very, um, you know, I try, I try and think of it as like functional, functional yoga where it's like, all right, let's cut out all of the stuff that isn't going to benefit us in the gym practicing getting your head up over your foot and like <laughs> locking it in some weird body helpful. like there's no function at that um and there's a really good article that i can send you but it's by joel seedman and he's a strength coach uh i don't know where but i follow him on social media but he had a really good article on yoga um and like where it fails where it's beneficial and where there needs to be like a lot more education on the side of like instructors, like the, the barrier to entry to be a yoga teacher is very low. Like a personal and, trainer. But at least there's a governing body for personal training. Oh, there's no governing body at all. There's just like, you got to apply as a yoga studio to be able to do a 200 hour teacher training. And like, whatever your curriculum is, is your curriculum. 
Okay. So there's no, there's no, there's no standardized. All right. This is the test that people need to pass. One oh, studio okay. to the next studio could be completely different. Um, and I think the thing that as I've learned and studied and, and read up on things and, and seen this in my own clients and people just will ask me questions is personal trainer, yoga instructor. So many people come to us with, Oh, I have this problem by no means that case. But a lot of times in yoga, because there is no edu- there's not as much education on an anatomy, a biomechanics standpoint um, to be able to be like, backbend probably isn't helping your spine. And that's where I would love to see yoga go because it is such an emphasis on spiritual. But if you're going to sell it as a physical practice, which is what like modern trends are doing, it's like, well, then you have to apply and teach it by the same rules as what you see in like a strength setting. Like I always think like, if I can't load whatever position you're in, in a yoga class with 50 pounds, cause you would break, right. probably shouldn't be in it. Okay. Huh. That's, that's an interesting perspective. Cause yeah, that's, and that's one, that's one of the biggest reasons I want to have you go on. Like this blend of like everything you have as far as like lifting heavy shit, yoga, and then like the mindset thing is dope. So then like, how do you, how do you give all of this to clients at the same time? Cause this is like, admittedly, this is a lot, right? Like it's yeah. not just lifting. It's not just yoga. It's not just like your mindset coach. How do you incorporate all of this into somebody that's yeah. this? Totally. So I've had a lot of people say like, oh, you should try and put it into a single hour, like a half an hour of yoga, half hour training. And I'm like, no, let's have whatever hour we're doing be really intentional. If I can do an hour of strength training and then the next day do an hour of like some really gentle, soft, low meditative yoga that's going to be much better than doing 30 minutes and like not getting enough volume not getting enough intensity and then 30 minutes which might is probably enough yoga and recovery stuff but then you're shortchanging the training stuff right so my philosophy and my perspective is why not create a a five one split a four two split for some people maybe a three three split if they you know you always want to have people do things that they like but you also as a coach want to be able to say like, this is what is the most efficient, the most effective. I'm not going to sell you fit tea and, and tell you that it's the best way to lose weight. Like the best way to lose weight is to change your diet. The best way to get stronger is to the weight, the best way to, you know, work on your mind is to do practices like journaling, like meditation, like seeing a therapist. And so like be super intentional with those times. And so in a way it's a little bit rigid and a little bit black and white, but that's how, that's where I'm really moving it towards. And right. if someone wants both or they want a coaching program, I'm like, okay, here's, here's a, here's a video or a series for you to follow on your off days. We're going to do an upper, lower, upper, lower on your training days. Okay. And then you just, you create something that is suited to like recover, give them the ability to stretch, give them the ability to maybe activate muscles that they don't have a really good connection with. Cause I do think that is an opportunity with, yoga specifically is you go body weight you go barefoot which we know barefoot is is a really good training method just in in terms of like feeling connected with the ground and force production so if i want to get someone working on a a lunge pattern let's slow things down allow them to like be super mindful about what they're feeling and then that's where like the physical part of yoga can be really beneficial but again no one ever goes to a yoga class and they're like 
put on 30 pounds of muscle. They're like, I went to a, like, I started doing yoga and I like, completely changed my worldview. Right. Like, that's for me, what's really cool is, right. is like, you can start to be able to be more parasympathetic and rest and digest. And there's a really interesting post that Jay Ferrugia had a few weeks ago where he's like, people who are high wired and just always go, go, go like little hamsters. He'd see what he was saying are typically hard gainers. So why is that? Is, is it because they're chronically like, in at least like a low level state of stress. Whereas people who are kind of like more lethargic or chill will build muscle. But his theory was like, I've seen this for so long. Those people are just able to get more parasympathetic where they're right. actually able to, to build more muscle because there's uh, more anabolic hormones available. So that's where I, I'm not going to get into the research of it myself personally, just because that's not going to be like all read the research but i'm not going to go do studies like a, a doctor would to find <laughs> right. out, like if that's actually what's happening but i 100 percent believe in it because oh i agree you 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 allow you you do something that's slow and chill and allows you to breathe and focus on your breath which is a whole other area that we could talk about but when you're able to do that you create space for that and now you know what chill is now you know what a deep breath when you are stressed is and so when you're able to be in that state more often I think that that's going to help amplify and supplement what you're doing from a training perspective. Okay. So many people have a hard time sleeping. They have a hard time slowing down. They have a hard time um, responding rather than reacting. And for me, yoga is, is a platform. You get to practice those things. People don't want to practice. And it's meditation, journaling, being reflective, being self-aware, diving deep and doing inner work. No one wants to do those things. No one wants to stretch. No one wants to slow down. But I, I love the saying, slow, smooth, smooth is fast. Okay. I love it. So that's dope because I've honestly, I've never even heard you put it like that. But I love how like, so basically yoga is like a more attractive way to package. We're going to focus more on your recovery and more on your mindset, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I love it, dude. That's dope. So yeah. I want to circle back to one thing you talked about, like, 20 minutes ago because I can relate to this a lot and that was feeling very unhappy with yourself because you felt like or you realized it didn't sound like you were actually conscious at the time but there was a big gap between like who you could be and where you actually were right yeah that's something that I don't really have like a question on this. It's just in, something that I wanted to reemphasize because I've gone through the same thing myself, like all through high school and college. That's what like, I felt the same way. Like I didn't work hard at shit. <laughs> I didn't, and I like, as a result, I was like very depressed. I never, I just didn't like myself. And I remember like having a very clear realization one day that like working hard at things or like being comfortable wasn't, like there's a saying about confusing comfort with happiness, right? Like that's one of the biggest mistakes people yeah. make because they're very different things. And like how like much more fulfillment and happiness I got out of actually working hard at shit. And I've even found that like in my work too now is like when I'm actually like, say I'm blogging, if I'm just like writing some shit that I've already said a hundred times, I'm not really trying. I end the day like, I feel like lethargic and not that feel, but like, even if you're like pushing yourself to like work harder, like learning new things, like right at the edge of what you're capable of, I feel like that's so much more fulfilling. And again, I don't really have like a question on this. I just, it's something I wanted to reemphasize because I know for me, 
like understanding that has made such a big difference in my life. Yeah. No, I, I look at it as kind of like a musical artist, a musical artist, their job is to create their job right. is to produce. And that's when they feel the most confident about themselves is when they're creating and putting out music. So for us, it's creating, it's putting out content, but from an athlete's perspective, it's putting in the hard work to know that you are going to feel confident in any situation that you put yourself in. Oh yeah. And so, and that's like really the, the big, the big thing is like, putting in the hard work and trusting that that hard work is going to get you there. Because one of the things that I think holds people back is they don't believe that they are capable of getting to X. But the reason that they don't believe that they're getting, they're capable of getting to X is because they don't have the discipline. And the example I always use for this is if your parents said, don't hit your sister, Jeremiah, and you just smacked her, (laughs) you know, playfully, playfully, Exactly. But your know, brother, whatever you smack your brother and they're like, Jeremiah, we said, don't hit your brother. Here's some cake. you can be like, Oh, I can get away with it. Like, I don't actually I right. have to do it. So you don't, you don't believe them when they say something. So the same thing happens with yourself. You say, all right, I'm going to get up at 5am and work out. And you don't. And you're like, all right, I, I, anytime I say I'm going to do something, I don't believe it. Right. And so then it, it becomes harder and harder to get out of that. And that's why I always say, like, start with small wins where it's like, all right, I'm going to read for five minutes. Sick. I read for five minutes. Like, I believe myself that I'm going to do that. When you do that enough, then you start to say, all right, I'm going to lose 40 pounds. I'm going to create a really successful business or I'm going to win this competition. Now you have proof where you go back to the, the parent analogy. They're like, Jeremiah, don't hit your little brother. They hit your little, you hit your little brother. And they're like, all right, that's it. You're grounded. Two weeks. Boom. No video games. You're like, Damn. They're serious. <laughs> They're not messing around. It's the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. don't, they don't have the follow through. They don't have the discipline. That's where a coach is so beneficial because they help one believe for you because they're ideally where you want to get. That's why you're hiring them as a coach. Right. But they can also be there to say like, hey, I believe that you can do this. Why aren't you doing this? And then that's going to help you believe in those times when you can't believe. But that's really where the hard work comes in is like you do the hard work and it's because you said you were going to do that. You get a training program, you follow through with it. Like, man, like if I create something, all I got to do is execute it because I trust myself to do that. And like that work and that producing from like a fitness standpoint is where you believe you do pretty shit. Sorry, I just lost you there. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Damn it. Okay. Did you hear when I said, you when I said crazy shit? I heard crazy shit. I didn't hear like the 30 seconds before that. Oh man. Uh, I mean, I was just probably just talking in circles, but yeah, if you you fall through with what you say you're going to do, you'll believe that you can do anything. Oh yeah. And that's what I heard. I always butcher this analogy every time I try to do it, but it's like your confidence is a bank account. Taking a page out of your book with the analogies here, but like if your confidence is a bank account, every time you tell yourself you're going to do something and you follow through with it, it's a debit or credit. Damn it. I should know this. It adds money to your confidence bank account. Every time you yeah. do something and you don't follow through, it's whatever takes away credit or debit. Every time I every time I try to give this analogy, I always butcher this shit. But everybody <laughs> that's listening, so don't ask me either. <laughs> everybody that's listening gets it. Like, and that's that is exactly why like fitness changes people's lives. It's not that's what I always tell people. Like, you're not gonna be any you're happier. You're not gonna care more like when you're ripped as opposed to like how you feel now. It's not actually like. Oh, I have abs now. This makes me so happy, right? 
it's yeah. like, damn, I put in all that hard work. I was so disciplined. I actually followed through what I told myself I was going to do. And I feel like fitness also for so many people is like the most glaring example of stuff you've been telling yourself you're going to do for a long time and you just don't. But it is crazy. Yeah. Like, I know I've seen this even in my own life. Like when I first hired a coach years ago, like it just takes a little push for people, a little bit of accountability. And then all of a sudden, like that discipline is there. And I feel like when you start seeing, and I know like we've probably both seen the same thing in our business too. Like when you follow through, you just build more, more, more momentum. Like, so, yeah. but anyways, I'm glad we circled back to that. Cause if you take anything from this podcast, I feel like that's like, one of the most important things to understand. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you've got to be, you can't stop working and it's, it's really rigid, but it's like you're either growing or you're not growing and you see someone who will reach their goal and then they'll just stop and they'll go back into that same thing. And that's why I say like, you got to keep sweeping the floor and it, it happens with the, the mental side too. And I'll take, I'll take this on a little tangent, but I love thinking of physical health and mental health as kind of the same thing when your body's not working right and your knee's kind of bugging you because your ankle doesn't have the right mobility what do you do you go to a physical therapist right you work through some stuff they give you exercises to do now you're moving better you have a better movement process better movement pattern great now you're going to go push that to the height of running a marathon in sub three hours boom bring it to the mental side you have something that maybe is like a micro trauma that causes you to have a negative thought process or a negative loop and you go to a therapist or you work with a coach or maybe you do things on your own but it's like all right what are little drills that i can do to get me thinking in a more efficient thought pattern more efficient thought process boom i get out of there now i'm going and working towards what i would say the peak is like mamba mentality where you just are so dialed in every single day and so confident and so this and not to say that the the endurance athlete or the the strength athlete doesn't get nicks and bruises and it gets pulled back but the same way you might have like negative days where like anxiety super bad or depression really bad you can get back into you know the the state that you want to be in physically and mentally as long as you still have those routines that are right. designed to keep you there operating at a high level okay so but then there's the other side too, where someone like shatters their leg or there's 300 pounds overweight. Like that's a lot of physical trauma and a lot of stuff to work through. Like that's really bad physical health, really bad mental health is like turning to drugs or alcohol or having like really traumatic things happen that you need help working through in order to get out of that, like depressed, anxious, maybe even like suicidal state. Right. The thing that thing that, I think with physical and mental that people also got to realize too, like sometimes like it's not that person's fault. Like a car runs into me, shatters my leg. Like that's not my fault. Like some people are like maybe born with weird hips that cause them to have hip dysplasia. Some people are war are born with different chemical imbalances or something traumatic happens when they watch a car accident. Like that affects how their brain functions. Um, right. but anyway, we're on that tangent. Some people get hit by a trolley. I got hit by a trolley. Still working through that. Affected my uh, breathing. I, I mean, yeah, 100%. <laughs> no, I, I agree, dude. And I think that's too, like, one of 
when I started working with clients, like, because again, like through college, I struggled with being a very judgmental person. And I eventually realized like so much of that was like me projecting the things I didn't like about myself, but like within working with clients and even like daily still, this is something that I think about, like realizing how much different everyone else perceives the world and you do just from like all yeah. these things we've been through. So like, I think this is important as coaches, like when we're talking about empathy, like realizing that like for some people, like, like some crazy shit could happen to you, for example, and you could just more or less like maybe have a tough day, but you take it in pace and some, but some people like maybe their dog dies and like, just because of like who they are again, like, like chemicals in their brain, whatever, like that can literally like shatter their world. And it's not like, a flaw in these people and I don't even know if this is honestly like on the same tangent as what you're talking about but I do feel like as a coach it's an important thing to understand too when we're talking about empathy is like to that person like the pain of that the challenge of that is just as real yeah no 100% the empathy required to be a coach and the empathy I think a lot more people should have is just like what you said you don't know what someone went through three hours ago you don't know what someone's been carrying for 30 years same way as you don't know like if someone shattered their legs but I think the thing that always brings me back to why I think the mental side is so important as a personal trainer is right away I learned that getting someone to do lunges and getting someone to like order this food like those are like simple tasks right but there's reasons upstairs as to why they can't do them right. and so to just give someone a workout program and not meet them where they're at and try to figure out how you can work with their psychological tools same way as they have like physical tools. And I mean, obviously that gets into like way beyond scope of a personal trainer, but some of the books that I found most beneficial for coaching have been books on mental health or books on trauma or books oh, on, agree. you know, like understanding how to even like sell because right. like that's all how to communicate. And I, I like I got a communications degree in college, and I always thought it was like this joke of a degree because it was really easy, <laughs> and people would make fun of me. But man, that's like that's the most important skill set in, in everything: is the ability to communicate and persuade effectively and, and coach effectively. Oh, dude, no, I agree, hundred percent. And like so much of that too is the art of coaching. Like it's so much taking into consideration who this person is. Like this has been a while ago now, but a great example I use of this always is like. I had one dude, he wasn't seeing progress. So I looked in his my fitness pal diary and I was like, all right, dude, here's what's going on. Like you need to like you need to change this, this, this. And he emailed me back. I was like, I was like, he's like, dude, I feel like you're attacking me right now. I was like, what? Like, no, that wasn't my intention at all. But I was like, damn, like that's I really need to think that through more. So then I was like, I had another client. <laughs> I was, it was like the same day I was emailing her. And so I like made sure I was like very careful, like, all right, so here's a couple different options. Like, what do you think would be the best fit for you? Like, or any insight into like, what do you think the struggle is here? And she was like, will you please just tell me what to do? So I think when we look at like more or less, like what I'm saying here is like, it's so different individual to individual as far as like when we're talking about coaching people what they respond to which is why this is like you're saying it's so important to think about all this because if like all of our clients we just say like here's your macros here's your training program go it's not gonna work for anybody right I yeah, love it. but to your, to your point the you know someone might have had someone in their past or that they work with that is very much like do this do this do this if you don't like 
I'm going to be very upset. And they're like, whoa, like I'm being attacked. And that right. comes back to like past stuff. So hundred percent. Right. And I, I think coaching is incredibly rewarding because when you are, are able to connect with someone, that's like, you, it's like you're able to like find a needle in a haystack. Right. No, maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit better. Odds, <laughs> better but. odds than that. But yeah, I, I feel you. Ten, okay. ten needles in a bay of hail. <laughs> so when you're going about implementing a mindset practice with your clients or like for somebody that wants say a listener of the podcast that wants to start focusing more on mindset, like implementing some type of mindset practices to get in a better headspace, where do you start? Well, coaching or mental coaching, like like journaling or just we're working through like mental things or really just building habits. It, I think of it as uh, R, so awareness phase. There's going to be an awareness phase where it's like, what are the excuses that you are having? What are the doubts that you have about yourself? Where are you at just with your daily calorie intake? What movements work really well with you? Um, what beliefs do you have about yourself? Like Those are all like kind of the starting point in that awareness phase where I'm trying to figure out and get calibrated, orient, like where are we at so that we can know where we're going to go? people will come to us all the time with goals like, I want to lose weight. It's like, no, you don't. You want something that is going to happen when you lose weight. What do you really want? And right. so being able to get down to that deeper level, like there's that awareness phase where you're building body awareness, you're building daily thought awareness. And then you go into the repetition phase where, all right, it's like, okay, we know where we are. We're calibrated. Now we know where we need to go. There's going to be a four to eight, 12 week process where we're just grooving in movement patterns we're grooving in thought patterns we're trying to progress and increase load or increase intensity while at the same time like being able to go from like all right i never journal or i never meditate great now we're practicing doing it every single day all right great now we're practicing doing it at a similar time and we're creating a ritual around it and as that's all happening like eventually you're going to get to a point where you reach your goal or you reach a point where we need to evolve the program so that's why i say it's essentially are like awareness, repetition, evolve. And that's like really the cycle that no matter what it is that you're doing in life, you get got you got to take, but I, I love that it, it's awareness because sometimes I think of myself as like an awareness coach. Right. Like, what do you do? It's like at the end of the day, like my job is to help someone realize where they are and then point them in the right direction and guide them through that journey. And if you've ever read the, uh, uh, why am I spacing on it? The Donner Miller, the customers, the hero's journey, right? Story brand. Like we're all, yeah, story brand, building a story brand. I don't know why it's based on that. Great book, yeah. Um, yeah, great book. But it's like you, me, like we are Obi-Wan Kenobi or we are Mitch, ha Mitch Hamish or whatever that guy's name is. Like, we're the guys, <laughs> right? We're right. trying to help them figure out where they're at and push them along. Uh, so really like that's, that's what I'm looking at. I, from a, a training standpoint, I really like, obviously like compound lifts training to get stronger i'm personally training for a competition uh, in la in march called high rocks and what it is, is a lot more endurance yeah so it's um a buddy that i recently had on my podcast turned me on to it but it's a kind of like a crossfit event but it's the same event every single time it's put on by puma and you run a thousand meters then you do um a thousand thousand meters on a skier then you run a thousand meters then you do a sled push then you run a thousand meters then you do a sled pull run a thousand meters do um like a burpee broad jump and there's so there's eight strength events i would say skier and rowing is a little more cardio but anyway eight strength events intermixed between 
thousand meter runs and the world records around like, I don't know, 57, 58 minutes, but I'm training for that, but I'm having to train like a lot differently than how I was training three months ago. You mentioned getting hit by the trolley. Like I kind of stopped working out because my <laughs> back and neck was so messed up. So I did like kind of like a strength phase where I was just really focusing on uh, my deadlifts and my benches and my rows, like a ton of rows to really like fix what was going on in it, like my upper body. Um, really just strengthening my entire posterior chain. Like I'm a big believer in what I've seen of myself and what I see with people all the time. I used to teach group fitness and so many people get problems with their hip flexors. And I'm like, you got to train your glutes, hips, and hamstrings. Like you just have to, if those aren't firing when you're running uphill on a treadmill, you might as well just like take a little pencil and just jab it right in your hip flexor because you're screwed. Um, but so just training that backside, but again, like now I'm training for this competition and now I'm having to get like, super anaerobic, super like interval based training where I'm like rowing and running a mile and squatting and doing squat jumps. And it's a completely different training program, uh, kind of triphasic and just how you do like something strength based and something power and explosive based, but then you got to run a mile after. Um, so anyway, I'm super excited for that event because it gives me, you know, I talked earlier about the funk for athletes and anytime I don't have something that I'm working towards, get in that funk i'm like why am i not where i want to be and it's because there's what i'm capable of and there's what i'm currently yeah as there's that that would be like stress anxiety there's gonna be all this like self-doubt but since like this last week i committed to this and i've just been training a lot harder really than i've been training and i didn't realize how much more i had in the tank and now i'm like hyped every single day and you know, like 4.30 hits, I'm like, let's go. I can't wait to like work and read and like, I'm going to go work out after this and probably work out for like two hours. And normally I would have been like, all right, I did like my deadlifts. I did my goblet squats. I did my reverse lunges, my core. Let's get out of here. Like, it's just like, it gives you much more purpose. Um, and so that's like, when I think about training with clients or myself, I'm always like, let's figure out like something to maybe train for. It could be a half marathon. It could be, um, you know, a certain number you want to hit. I, I'm sometimes not a big believer in numbers because like there's always a bigger fish. There's always someone that's stronger. So if you put your self-identity and how much you can deadlift, you're going to have that shattered at some point if you go to a competition. But, right. um, and I also like the perspective of like being harder to kill is like not just like a one punch knockout on a bear. Like you got to be able to like think on your feet. So that's where like the, the meditation is helpful. Cause you're like, all right, I can like hide behind this, but then you also have to be able to maybe run for 200 meters to go get help. And it's like, all right, how's your cardio? And then like, maybe you're not fighting a bear, but you got to like have several different, um, explosive movements to like push an attacker away. And so I'm like, all right, it's like, it's like general fitness. I'm making myself harder to kill. Right. But you're always working towards something as a point. And that's something I've always yeah. like implemented with clients too. Cause like, I'm sure you've seen this too. Like when you bring on a client and they crush it, they hit their goal, but then you don't establish new things to work towards relatively soon. Even if that's just like, Hey, let's get you really good at just maintaining this for a month. And this is literally your goal. And then we like set some two type of goal, but like same thing, like I'm sure you've seen it. Like when you bring on a client and they crush it and then you don't set new goals, they stagnate quickly and more than likely fall off. And I feel like just yeah. like 
<laughs> on some deeper, just like we, the whole theme of this podcast, like we always need, just as humans, we always need something that we're driving towards. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's where I come back to like awareness because that's always changing. Right. Like what you want and where you're at is always changing. So you always got to have these moments through journaling and meditation, where I call it self auditing, where you're just like popping yourself back online and figuring out and reorienting yourself. If you don't ask where you are and you're on a trail and it takes you two months to figure out where you're at, like you might be completely off course and it takes you a while to get back on. But if you're like constantly asking yourself reflective questions or constantly visualizing, like, it's much easier to get back on track. Okay. So let me ask you, dude, what is your daily or weekly mindset, like your personal routine like here? How do you stay on track with all of this? Yeah, so I I like to think of my journal as my game plan, the same way I practice. You have like, what is, what is it that we're going to work on? Here's the time block where we're going to work on it. And then you, after practice, you're like, all right, how did it go? Um, so I have, I kind of break it in that same way where I'm like, all right, I'm going to reflect on maybe like a doubt or something that happened the day before where I was like, how did I execute yesterday? And so in my journal, I always have like a reflective time, like what's a doubt, what's an excuse, what's something that's holding me back. And then I have a gratitude practice where I'm like, all right, what's something that I'm grateful for to get really present. Um, and then after that, I have a visualization or a win where I'm like, all right, what is like the one thing that would make today a win? It's so like, this is something I'm doing on a daily level. And then I write down five things I got to do that day to, you know, essentially like get the first down and like move the ball forward to the next day. They don't have to be big because again, if I put down, write a, like write a blog, record a podcast, fix my website, work out four hours and like walk the dog, paint the porch, like that stuff <laughs> might not get done. And then I'm not going to believe myself. So I got to keep it attainable. But then at the end of it, uh, I'll usually have some sort of mantra that I'm I'm vibing on right now. I'm really big on uh, there's an Avicii lyric where it's like one day you'll leave this world behind to so live a life you will remember. So it just reminds me like do what brings me joy, and then I'll do a little mamba mentality right underneath it where I'm like, all right, like let's go. Um, but really, like I try and break my journaling and my meditation down into just like those three things. It's like I'm reflecting what's holding me back, what is something negative that I could turn into realize like, all right, this is a lie. I'm telling myself, here's the 10 positives or 10 truths. What is the number for something that is like, like around me and root in like today and like where I'm at currently. And then let's visualize what success is going to look like or where it is that I want to go. I love it. I feel like that's super actionable for all the listeners too. That's perfect, dude. All right, man. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, last thing I want to ask you, what is the best Star Wars movie? Ooh, really good question. Um, I'm going to say Revenge of the Sith. So background, I got a Star Wars tattoo. My <laughs> friend just got me a Empire Strikes Back Lego set. I put that together during the <laughs> I saw that. That cracked me up. Um, I was a big Star Wars fan. Grew up watching it. Um, Revenge of the Sith, like the prequels get a lot of of flack but i just love the arrow and there's a ton of jedi i think you have the best lightsaber battle in all of star wars between anakin and uh obi-wan obi-wan's my favorite character like he puts he takes down general grievance and anakin in the same movie like you guys needs more respect i think in the community <laughs> um but it's also just like it's super tragic right that's like right. it ends 
kind of sad in Pretty a way, hard, which I, I appreciate in a, a movie sense. Like the Gladiator is my favorite movie, kind of for the same reason. Like it doesn't end with everyone being like, "Yay!" Right. Or like save the day. Um, obviously, like the original trilogy is great. Sequels, um, I wouldn't mind a reboot in twenty years, but they were entertaining <laughs> at least. And then there's like if you haven't seen like the Clone Wars, Mandalorian, like all of them, all good. A lot of video games, but yeah, Revenge of the Sith for sure. I love it. I agree 100%. I honestly didn't think that would be what you would say as a diehard fan, but I have a lot really? of respect for you now, dude. I don't know. I thought everybody, I thought everybody was like super, super, like I've always loved Star Wars too, but that everybody was like super, super into it was like thought that the prequels were trash. So yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I mean, everyone says Empire Strikes Back and like, trust me, like I love that one. That one's classic. The Return of the Jedi I watched a thousand times as a kid. <laughs> But for all the faults of the prequels, nothing beats like you and my brother Anakin. <laughs> it's like that. Man, like there's it's so many memes and, and so many just like quotable lines. It's like I have the high ground. Like you can literally <laughs> say that to anyone. And with that quote, Paul's AirPods died. So unfortunately, the rest of the interview was cut off. We we're about to wrap things up, kind of like when Darth Maul died at the end of the Phantom Menace, and it's kind of anticlimactic. That's kind of what this reminded me of. But no, really, this was an awesome interview. And Paul's an awesome dude. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and take over for him because we were just about to plug everything with his content. So you can connect with Paul on Instagram at Paul underscore Klingon. Paul also has an excellent YouTube channel. I highly recommend you check that out. It's Down Dog Athletics. His website goes by the same name. And then finally, something that Paul is offering listeners of this podcast, an exclusive chance to beta test, is actually the Down Dog Athletics Yoga Method Beta. So the goal of this is to make yoga and mental health more accessible to athletes. And really, this is a great opportunity to test something very unique. Paul, as you've guessed, has a very unique method, an awesome blend of traditional training, nutrition, yoga, and mindset work. So the link for that is going to be in the show notes. The link for all this is going to be in the show notes. As always, this is Living Lean. Thank you for tuning in.